Welcome to What's a Revolution, a place for men and the people who love them, where we help men understand and embrace the healthiest versions of themselves. I'm your host, Dr. Charles Corpru. It's 6.15 a.m. and the sun has yet to illuminate the sky. I can hear the rustlings of my 10-year-old pit bull in her bed, but it's too early for her. Although I would rather continue my slumber, I know that the angry beast that wells within me needs to be soothed. And without the proper mental salve, he will grow into a chaotic rage throughout the day, looking for instances and experiences to unleash his wrath. Sitting on my, sitting on my couch with my legs crossed, I begin. Eyes closed at first to pray to my spiritual being, asking for him or her to show me the way forward. And then eyes open, focusing on a space in the distance. I listen for the breath, finding its rhythm, breathing in the goodness, exhaling all those things that mitigate my power. Upon completion, the beast sleeps for another day, only to peer his eyes every now and then, but never fully awakening. <laughs> Today, I am happy to be joined on the What's Your Revolution show by my good friends, Chelsea Lloyd Hilton, <laughs> Executive Director of Project Peaceful Warriors, and my good friend, Jamo Mueu of the African Yoga Project. What's up, everybody? How you doing? Great. Good. How are you? I am doing <laughs> Doing well, doing well. I want to give out, give a shout out to my producer, my people on the wheels and still the good brothers of Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you, man. <laughs> Come on, Rachel. Why, why, why are you doing me like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we're going to have a good show. So thank you all for being on the show. And today we're talking about mindfulness, you know, and what that means, what that looks like, what that actually looks like for men and the people who love them. But every time... You know, I have my friends on the show. I want them to answer this question, you know. So, Chelsea, what's your revolution? I thought this over, Charles. You did yeah, good. A good. Bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and what it came down to is um, right now my revolution or my work, um, what makes me tick, is connecting youth, um, teenagers, kids, whatever, with their inner resources Um so that they can be empowered to be them best, their best selves. There you go. Their inner resources. And we're yeah. going we to unpack yeah, we're gonna that. we're going to talk about that. Exactly. Their inner resource. Jamu, thank you for being on the show, brother. What's your revolution, man? Right now, my revolution, as I'm here in NOLA, is um, bringing a dose of self-expression in, in the yoga as we practice with friends and as they invite me. We do the flow as it is, but we put on rhythm and we we dance inside of it i got you a dose uh, <laughs> I, I love that uh giving giving us a dose and you know dosage is medicinal you know and we find that right that right dose to give us what we need in those times when we are struggling times of pain an overdose is not good but the right <laughs> you, you don't want too much you know correct <laughs> you, don't, you don't want too much man you know uh, i get an overdose of rachel all the time <laughs> you, you, know good, you know what i'm saying hey but luckily for me an overdose of my producer my good friend rachel is what keeps me uh going keeps this radio show going so i appreciate you so much um I want to come back to you for a second, man. Um, 
tell us tell us a little bit more about yourself. Where are you from? Why why this? Why New Orleans? Why this dose of inner spirituality to bring to people? Why are you doing that? So give us first. Tell me who you are. Tell me who you are. What brought you here? What brought me here? Yeah. I came here on an invitation by Dana Flynn, who was a studio yoga studio on Rochelle and Columbus. Okay. To assist her. Okay. In teaching yoga and having the studio up and going. Mm-hmm. From Nairobi, All Kenya. Right. Kenya. All right. A project called Africa Yoga Project. And Africa Yoga Project uses yoga as a mindful, but very much as a leadership tool. Mm, a leadership tool. Yes, to kids and youths from the slums. Uh, really? Yes. That's interesting. I want. I want to. I want to play. I want to. Yeah. I, I want to play on that. I want to. I want to play on that for a few minutes. But Chelsea, mm-hmm. tell the world, tell the audience, who is Chelsea Lloyd Hilton of Project Peaceful Warriors? So uh, I am uh, from Project Peaceful Warriors. I'm the founder and executive director, and uh, we're an organization that brings yoga and mindfulness, specifically trauma-informed yoga and mindfulness, um, into schools. So we work with students uh, in small groups, and then we work with teachers as well on how to integrate these tools into their classroom. Wonderful, wonderful. And we're going to spend the second half, so stay tuned, everybody. We're going to spend the second half of the show really unpacking what Project Peaceful Warriors is. But really the impetus for this show is really thinking about an understanding and giving an understanding of what is mindfulness. Because people hear that, you know, sometimes they're like, mindfulness? Like, what is that? I'm mindful every day. I'm mindful because I mind my business. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Rachel's always like, you know, you're you're mindful. Mind your business. Just stop asking me questions. Is that mindful, Rachel? Yes, you're right. So, um... So I want to unpack that for the audience and people who don't know and people who don't have this practice. What is mindfulness? Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of different ways you can answer that, and it looks a little bit different to everybody. But I think one thing that people automatically think of is that mindfulness means sitting still and meditating. Um, But it absolutely does not have to be that way. If that's not what works for you, then then don't do it. I see it more as a way to connect to yourself, um, cultivate some some more connection to your inner resources, your inner tools um, that make you the best person that you can be. And sometimes you find those things through running or through some other type of exercise. Um, sometimes it looks like you're painting or you're drawing or some expression of art. Um, but it's a practice that allows you to get totally lost in it. So, you know, like from the outside world, you can disconnect so that you can reconnect to who you are. Boom. I I love that. Unpacking that, it really around inner resources. Yeah. Right. Go a little further for me. Those inner resources. What's in that, that inner resource? Is is that my heart? Is that, you know, is that my lungs? Is that my mind? It can be all those things. Okay. Uh, It can be your lungs um, breathing. Breathing can change everything. Um, that's the single most accessible tool that you have to shift your perspective. Um, take a deep breath. See what happens. Mm. Take, take a few more. That's cool. Right. Um, that feels good. Um, so that's, you know, like 
that's an inner resource. Uh, another in, inner resource is uh, self-compassion, <laughs> or just keep breathing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's working. If it's going, stay with it. Right, right. Um, Jamo said something when we were, you know, when we were um, dialoguing before the show. You talked about the breath. You, know, you, you talked about the breath and how that's linked to the mind. Yes. Tell me more about that. Tell the honest more about what, what does that mean, the breath? When, when, I, when I came to yoga, the teacher always repeats, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. You don't breathe, you die. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and I was telling you, I think when I came to yoga, I noticed, oh, there was yoga in the house because all the time when, when I'm upset or I'm making dramas in the house, screaming, my mother would go like, go in that corner and just breathe. <laughs> <laughs> or when you're worked up with friends, you're, you're told, like, Breathe, breathe. Vuta hewa. We go in Swahili. We go like vuta pums. Breathe fast. Breathe. Right. We even have a hashtag vuta pums. <laughs> oh, you could, Oh, Rachel. We need to spell that for Rachel. Oh. <laughs> vuta pums is V U T A P U M Z I. Gotcha. That's the like vuta pumsy. I got you. I, I got you. Only reason I said that. Only reason I said that, Rachel, because she's gonna put that out on Twitter. Because we're gonna use that. Breathe, breathe. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But the breath is so is so, so important. And so when you when you come to when you start doing meditations, the breath quiets the mind because the mind is the king, and the king makes the body fly. <laughs> the, the, the king. Say that. Say that again. The mind is the king. The the or the queen. All right. Yes. This, this is an equitable. Queen. This is an equitable show. We want to make sure. You, In this case, let's say the queen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that runs the show. Right. But we need to quiet that because sometimes, as she says, we find inner resources, and sometimes inner resources is changing our perspective. Mm-hmm. Right. I- exactly. And the breath. We we think about that. The breath. We we the heart rate begins to increase. I, I remember we went skiing. Chelsea, uh, her her partner's a good friend of mine. I don't know if you want me to just throw your game throw it. your game out there, <laughs> Chandler. If you're listening, brother, what's happening? Um, but, <laughs> but we went skiing um, back in February, and I had not been skiing in a long time, right? And so here, talk about vulnerability. Um, about to be on the slopes, heart rate like I'm I, I'm a skier. I thought, <laughs> right? But it, w- it became really about the breath, mm-hmm. about how I could calm myself. The mind, the mind says, you know what? If the breath is smooth, then there is no threat. Yeah. And what I've realized for myself, and I've been doing this challenge, and so I implore everyone to take this challenge with me, is to do the last two minutes of your shower cold. <laughs> Everybody's looking at me. <laughs> do the do the last two minutes of your shower cold. What happens if we if we're thinking about the breath, the body actually begins to think it's a threat, mm-hmm. right? It begins to think it's a threat, and so you, heart rate increases. The body says, "I'm cold. I've got to do something." All right, you have to then tell yourself that there is no threat. You have to calm your breathing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what you're saying is that in this mindfulness practice, the breath is so much because it then leads to the king or queen, yeah. you know? And so um, so I'm, I'm thinking about this. And so, you know, you all are the experts. And how do I begin to incorporate mindfulness into my practice, into my life? What are, you know, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> so enthusiastic. E- exactly. Um, 
I think there's a lot of different ways that you can do it. And uh, like I said before, it, it looks a little bit different for everybody. Um, you have the people that sit down and meditate once and be like, nope, I thought about a bunch of different things. That didn't work, and I'm never going to try it again. Right. That's, that's all right. Um, or you can give it a try. Um, I think it's really something that takes a lot of practice. Uh, it's not something that is going to change you in an instant. Um, it's something that you have to mindfully incorporate into your day, whether that's <laughs> you got to be mindful about you being be mindful, mindful about being mindful. Yeah, um, whether that's like putting your phone away and going for a walk, um, taking deep breaths before you get out of bed um, is something super simple that you can do. Um, starting to be aware of if you're trying to do eight different things at one time. Mm-hmm. I think we've built a culture that we're like multitasking. People thrive on that. Um, shifting it back to monotasking, doing one thing at a time, and doing it with intention. Exactly, Rachel. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, good, good, good. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, My my, my Rachel does a a number of things all the time, and I wanted to (sighs) breathe, breathe. But one thing you you said – is that I'm that person and I'm starting this, you know, 21-day mindfulness practice, right. right? Day one, all right, day one, I get, you know, I'm in the pose, I'm happy, yeah. I've got the incense, I got the, the meditation music, I got the guided meditation, right? Yeah. Okay. I start in my practice, right? I think about everything, mm-hmm. all right? I think about everything, everything that I'm not supposed to be thinking about because this is supposed to be <laughs> mindful. I'm supposed to be quiet because Dr. Denise Sherbinton said to me, Charles, be quiet, right? My mind is not quiet. So, Jamo, I sit there for 20 minutes. Actually, it wasn't even 20 minutes. The first time I did it, it was like five, and I was like, oh, I need to do this email. I need. So for those people who are starting this practice today and they have all of this information in their mind, what do they do then? Take a, just as you have prepared, take a seat. Not like the seat that the yogis take in YouTube or (laughs) the seat that your teacher takes in the yoga class, but take a seat that you can commit to. I like that. Take a seat that you can commit to. And for that period, if you've said it's four minutes, choose that seat. And for those four minutes, Commit to it. Commit to it. Even if all of that, even that influx of information is there, still commit to it. Even with the neighborhood upstairs going crazy. <laughs> the neighborhood <laughs> upstairs. Yeah, it's a neighborhood. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Not okay. a person. Right? It's a neighborhood. The neighborhood <laughs> upstairs. It's lots of conversations that go out there. It's lots of people. It's not one person. But, wow. I don't know where you live. It's a whole neighborhood <laughs> in the house. Um, but you're saying continually commit to that space. Yes. Even if that space is just sitting in a chair because you can't cross your legs in the typical yogi position. I sit with, I actually sit on the couch and yeah. sit yeah, with my legs crossed because that's my place where I can actually commit to. Um, but you can have your back on the wall. Right. You can your have your feet on the, on the ground seated in a chair. Right. Okay. Sit. How do I get, how do I get Let the conversations go. You know, like travel with your conversations. Go where you're going. Take the flights. Come back again. I got Find you. the breath. Right. That's the piece. Mm-hmm. That Bring your attention to your breath. Is right. the breath coming in, going out, coming right. in? And and stay it, with the breath. Yeah, and if it's helpful, one thing that I like to have is like a, a mantra or two words to focus on, and sometimes that's just like breathe in, breathe out. 
um, and you say it over and over again for those four minutes or 20 minutes, um, and you'll notice when your thoughts start to wander, then you just bring it back, those two words, focus on it, let that be your intention. Um, and help ground you. Right, right. You listen to WBOK 1230 AM. I am uh, your host of the Western Revolution Show, Dr. Charles Corpru. Here with my man, Jamu Mawiu. Did I say it right? <laughs> I think I messed it up that time. Mawiu. All right. Uh, there we go. And my good friend, Chelsea Lord Hilton, Hilton of Project Peaceful Warriors. And we're talking about mindfulness. And actually, we've just gotten to a really good conversation about meditation as a part of that and what we've said is that meditation can take a lot of forms it could be a run it could be sitting on the couch it could sit sitting in that that committed space but at any point in time to that medit meditative experience you have to find yourself back to the breath because the mind is a corruptive thing all right. And I think that is the piece that most people say, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I've got all this stress. You know, I've got to take care of my kids. I've got to send this email to all of my funders. I've got to I've got to do all of these things. I've got to cook. I've got to just be. What? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you want me to sit here and be quiet? And my mind is saying, come back to the breath. Yeah. Come back to the breath. So you all are the experts. How did you begin to incorporate mindfulness into your life you want to say? I went for a, I took a yoga teacher training they make you sit for 10 minutes tell you scan your right side scan your left side have a look at your breath which nose is breathing which nostril is not and then this guy came around and said oh we have a 10 day meditation course I put up my hand, I took it on, it was the Vipassana, it's 10 days. All you do is sit in a dim room, you give away your phone, your notebook, if you are a smoker, you give away your cigarettes, you volunteer to go in with nothing, and for 10 days, you excavate. Wow. You don't talk to nobody. They do food for you. In food, you sit on a table against the wall. You eat your food. Nobody's bothering you. When conversations take off, they really take off. You even start. I started remembering kids I went to school with when <laughs> I was like seven. <laughs> and it, it was after after the the course. I came home and someone calls me on the phone. I'm like, please send a text. I'm not sure I want to talk. <laughs> and anytime you sit and it's difficult for you you open your eyes in that darkness of that room and you look around and everyone is also seated still and then 10 days later you talk to them they're also telling you I kept on looking at you and I thought you had breakthroughs I was like you're inspiring me <laughs> wow 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 and wow so, <laughs> <laughs> so, and so every day it's like every day in the evening, there's a, there's a discourse. And they tell you they have a general... Human beings are unique, but in so many ways, human beings are very similar. And those discourses are, are general, but are also specific to me and to everyone in that room. We were like 45 of us. Really? And the discourses became very similar about life experiences, about what you were all going through. 
the stresses. And the first day you notice you can't even be still. Right. <laughs> that, that's amazing. Let me unpack that for one second. Ten days. Yes. All right. He, hear this, audience. Ten days. <laughs> no phone, no text, no Instagram, no Twitter. All right. No MSNBC news. Nothing. No talking. No talking. <laughs> I can, well, sometimes I can really do without the talking. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What is going on during that period of time for 10, 10 whole days? What do you? Th- what's that first day like? And then we'll talk about what's that last day like. What's the first day like? The first day like you, um, the neighborhood is going crazy. The neighborhood <laughs> upstairs, there's, there's conversations. You can, I can't keep the breath in my estimation like five minutes. I couldn't like go like. I'm inhaling, exhaling. My breath is coming in, going out. I couldn't keep it five straight minutes. Really? I'll be up country. I'll be with my friends <laughs> hanging out. I'll be angry. This is how he upset me. This is how he didn't. And then after some time, you start seeing patterns in your life. It's like clear patterns. What oh. angers you? Yes. Mm-hmm. What it's makes you happy? <laughs> and then you... You also, now I can talk about it. Like you also start getting like, I have an attachment to that way of being. At that point, I used to assist kids in a street boys project, and I got them in my house, and I could see like patterns of how I handled the teachers, mm-hmm, right. how I handled the kids, how I worked with the organizations. These names have changed, but the situation is still the same. So you start getting that you are the problem. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like oh, you are the much, of my, much of my life. <laughs> it's like two <laughs> things. You, right. you, Who, who's the only constant? <laughs> you are, You child. are the constant. <laughs> exactly. Wow, you're the constant. <laughs> so you start getting like you are the constant. And, mm. and towards, the, towards the end, there's nothing. You start getting that there's nothing. I think it creates space for something new. Or and, and that's what we need. The mindfulness does a, it allow for that creation of space. Thank you, Jamo. Chelsea, how did you begin to incorporate ni- mindfulness? I mean, you've made it your life. I mean, both of you have. But it's, yeah. it's, your, it's your brand. It's you. It's who you are. Yeah. You know, we think about Chelsea. We think about mindfulness. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no. Um, and I, I think that my journey into incorporating it uh, into my life has a lot to do with it. Um, I started going, or I started doing yoga when I was in middle school, um, actually with my dad. Um, we would, we would go to the studio, we would do like DVDs and whatnot at home. Um, but it didn't really land with me as a practice, um, until I was in college. Um, and I started going to yoga. This was after, um, I had lost two very good friends in an accident. And then I was also dealing with a lot with my parents, um, both my parents are addicts, so I had a lot going on with that. And at first, it was really a way for me to escape. It was like me to not think about what's going on, to um, completely like kind of numb out a little bit and just be with myself and move and breathe. Um, and as I continued to work through my practice and go more and more, I realized it was actually an opportunity for me to kind of meet my feelings where they were experience them, acknowledge them, and then let them go. Um, and that comes back to that creation of space. Um, and my real practice is, is mostly through, like, 
mindful movement um, in meditation. I don't do very well with sitting still. No. And I'm okay with that. I'm right. totally okay with that. Um, but you get into this rhythm and into this flow with your breath and with your body, and it just gives you this opportunity to let go of what you don't need. Um, you acknowledge that it's there. Um, you see it. You sometimes celebrate it or, you know, say forget it and then, you know, come back to it later if you need to. It sounds easy, Chelsea, but I know the no, work. No, it's not. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, but the work around that is so hard because yeah. you're telling people that the the mindfulness part of that, all right, mm-hmm. even if even if it's yoga, and we're going to get we're going to get there in one second, yeah. is that when, when those thoughts come up, as I am in my practice, mm-hmm. I have to realize that the, that there is a separation. Yeah. And that's the key. Yeah, the key, and I, I like to think about it kind of like learning how to swim. Um, so when you're learning how to swim, you are clinging onto the wall, right? You don't want to go. You don't want to go into the deep end, and that's you clinging on to whatever that is. And you'll swim out, and then you swim right back to it, and you leave for a second, but then you come right back. Um, it's in that really scary space when you're in the deep end by yourself, no floaties, no wall, um, where you figure out how to swim right. and leave the wall where it is and then you can go on your own dropping dimes here (laughs) exactly and we've talked about this on the show is that the deep end is the discomfort right right and we want to cling we want to grasp all the time this because it's comfortable easy it's comfortable uh it it feels okay um it may not feel great but it feels better than the unknown or what you think the unknown would feel like exactly exactly and a lot of times we will cling to relationships yeah um we'll cling to our uh our addiction will yeah. we'll cling to friendships that are not healthy for us mm-hmm. because we're, we think that what's on the other side, you know, we don't actually know what's on the other side. We know this, and even though it's painful, yeah. we will cling to that. Right. The mindfulness allows us to separate. This is not good for me. This is how I feel, and I need to move away mm-hmm. from that. So I, I, I want to go for a second because we're going to go to break in a minute, is that you talk about mindful movement. Mm-hmm. And I've taken your yoga class, <laughs> okay? And I, and, I, and I say it like that, <laughs> okay? All right, I'm going to come back now. Um, <laughs> your yoga class, you know, is quite challenging. I mean, really, you're going in and you're going to move. I mean, and you're going to actually lose yourself. Why is yoga so important? And both of you can answer that. Why is yoga so important in that movement of losing oneself? Why is yoga so important? You know, because you you think about it. When when I leave your class, mm-hmm. I hate you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when the class starts, you hate I me. I do. That's what I said. Uh, <laughs> as soon as the class but begins, but the next day you love me. I love you. <laughs> I do. I, I love you. But for seventy five minutes in that hot, 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 hot yeah. room. All right, the most challenging 75 minutes of my life. As soon as you start, I want it to finish. Right. But when it's done, I'm like, oh, I feel so good. Why is that so important? Because that's the dis- discomfort. That's the space between the wall and the deep end. Um, that's where you start to grow um, in that in that room, and, and that's a safe space for you to experience those feelings. Um, you're in control. You've got your body. You've got your breath. You have all the tools that you need to work through it. Um, it's just a matter of allowing yourself to. Gotcha. Chama, what do you think, brother? The science of it makes you lighter the following day. <laughs> really? <laughs> and on the present day, when yeah. you're working it, 
it's working on you. Mm-hmm. Really? It doesn't look pretty. It does it not look pretty. pretty. My practice does not look pretty at all. It's okay. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> I mean, I run triathlons. I run. I weight lift. Taking Chelsea's class is the best, worst workout <laughs> <laughs> that I ever do. I mean, re- I mean, it is challenging. And don't do it after a day of working out because it's, oh, it's, it is ridiculous. It, 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 it is ridiculous. I want you all to think about this, you know, as we go to break. How do we get more men involved in this practice, you know? So stay tuned. You know, think about this. How do we get more men? And if you want to call in, 504-260-9265. Give us a call after the break.
coming back from break, man. Thank you. This is the What's Your Revolution show. I'm your host, Dr. Charles Corpru. Here with my man, Jamo, and my good friend, Chelsea Lloyd Hilton, Project Peaceful Warriors. We've been having a great conversation today about mindfulness, meditation, and that yoga that, <laughs> that <laughs> yoga that Chelsea tries to throw out to the world. Uh, if you haven't taken one of her classes, where are you practicing right now? Are you doing? I'm actually just subbing right now and teaching privates because I'm mostly in schools, so I'm not teaching in the studio right now. Oh man, the world, <laughs> the world gets a reprieve. <laughs> <laughs> the world gets a reprieve. But uh, really, truly, your class is amazing. I mean, Thank really you. amazing. Um, really, an opportunity to really stretch your mind, stretch your body. It's tough. It's challenging. I think about this, and, you know, I've gotten to this point where I just turned 46, um, and I'm more open, more apt to do things that I haven't done in my life, part of my practice. But what I also notice is when I go to yoga, one, there are not a lot of men, right? And two, there are not a lot of men of color. So part of this show is helping men and the people who love them find the healthiest versions of themselves. How do we get more men to, one, meditate, to think about mindfulness, and to go to yoga? Chama, do you want to speak to that as a male? <laughs> he's, he's pondering. He's like, I don't know. Somebody made me go. I want the same answer. <laughs> Happy birthday, child. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, brother. Um, really, I don't know. How do we get, I mean, how, how, what is the enticement? I have a conversation with yeah. them. Yes, but I mean, I can say all day, hey, my, I, go to, I go to yoga. I go to, I go to yoga, and my frat brother... Uh, who's running the win- ones and twos is like, you know, <laughs> yoga outfits <laughs> are, are an enticement. I mean, that's the young bros. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, but how, other than beautiful women in, in yoga pants, um, how do we get more men to go? I think that's, I think it's challenging. We really, I think the yoga cultural in the United States has really shifted to seeing that it's something for, like, white women. Um, And that's, like, where the studio market is. But in reality, it started as a practice that only men could do. Uh, And that was men of color, you know, men of different origins. Um, Unpack that. Tell tell that story a little bit. Yeah, so the the roots of yoga are in India. Um, And when it first started, um, no women were allowed to practice. It was strictly a practice for men. which is, you know, really interesting to see how much it's it's shifted, um, and what the American culture has kind of made it into. Exactly, because when I go, it is it is majority white women yeah. who are in there. Yeah. I remember the last time I went to your class, there was a brother in there. And I think he was African. He was ripped. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ripped, and, and he was doing some poses. I was yeah. like, brother, you're a beast. You know, and he looked at me like, ha, 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 I know. you amateur, <laughs> <Tell me again. laughs> yeah, yeah. you amateur, look at my body, I'm, I'm ripped. Uh, but why isn't, you know, I, I think, what is the reticence then for men to go to yoga? Because I know Chandler and I love to go, yeah. but why are men so afraid to go to yoga? I think that we've also like created a culture that, you know, has created a stigma around it's, it's not masculine or it's just for people that are flexible or for women. Um, and that's absolutely not true. Um, I, it's clearly a practice for everybody rooted in a culture that, you know, put males first um, in the practice. And um, I think slowly but surely, uh, especially athletes are starting to come around to it, male athletes, football players, um, basketball players. I know 
the Seahawks make it a mandatory part of their uh, workouts, um, which is interesting. But in, like, day-to-day culture, um, I think there's just not a lot of messaging or not enough messaging around the fact that, like, this is a practice for everybody. Exactly, and I think that's key. You know, it's not advertised, it's not yeah. message, and I think yeah. that's a wonderful thing that you said. It's not message for men. Right. And I love that, you know, one of the, you know, we think about the Seattle Seahawks and their defense, they're, they're, they're a beast defense, mm-hmm. that they do practice yoga together. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's the interesting thing. Are there opportunities for men to do yoga together? And that in itself is it, like, man, am I going to go out and, and do yoga with 30 other brothers or 30 other men? My grandpa goes to Broga. 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 Look at the messaging. <laughs> Broga for men. Yeah look, yeah, yeah. look at the messaging. Rachel, go ahead. You want to say something? Yeah. Hello, Rachel Graham. Hello. I typically don't jump in, but I just I wanted to share that um, it is definitely a cultural thing, both as it relates to color mm-hmm. as well as um, male versus female, but there's kind of been this boom amongst the African-American yeah. community uh, in the practice of yoga. One place in particular, in addition to Project Peaceful Warrior, there's actually a black-owned yoga studio. Shut up. Um, yeah, Magnolia yeah. Yoga Ma- Studio. Yeah. yeah, Magnolia Yoga Studio. It is in the heart of Treme slash mm-hmm. Storyville slash CBD slash all, all of that. All of that. And and the owner has actually been you know, like nationally recognized yeah. for the work that she's doing. Um, What's her name? Let's put it out there for a second. I don't know her name. I know the name of the studio. Ajax. 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 Hey, Ajax. Um, But uh, it's located at 301 Basin Street, number two. Nice. Um, I know I know a lot of folks that go there, and eventually I'm going to get up off of my sofa, and I'm going to do it. There we go. There's I, also there's another class that's specifically for people of color, black and brown bodies in motion, that's mm-hmm. offered at Dancing Grounds. Yeah. Really? Um, yeah. My when? Friend, my friend Valerie <laughs> McMillan started it, so yeah. shout out to Valerie. Nice. Look um, at all these resources. Yeah. But then there's also something that's very interesting that kind of sprung up out of nowhere, um, and that's Terrence Osborne, who's a very well-respected, very well-noted art- artist here in the city of New Orleans, young professional African-American brother, just opened a studio, uh, an actual art studio on Magazine Street. Um, they actually have a mindfulness meditation yoga thing that they do. I think it's Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. So it, it's starting, but, you know, it, it's just taking a minute for folks to think of you. And, we, and we've got to be able to, to put those that. resources out. Definitely. You know, particularly Definitely. around. I, I love this idea of broga. Yeah. Did I say it right? Broga. Yeah, Broga. Yes, um, there's, broga. Another, there's another studio here that offers, uh, like, a six-week men's course. Um, I think it's while wild lotus really yeah well we can go to the uh the lines to talk about more about mindfulness see about how you doing thank you for calling the what's your revolution show okay how y'all doing today good brother what's going on no i, I just uh, heard y'all talking about yoga and uh i am a male black male 62 years old and uh, i took i had taken yoga classes uh, for about two years a few years ago right and it was it was a a really different experience for me because I mean, I, I call myself physical fit and exercising, jogging and stuff. But when you get in those classes, the stretching is unbelievable. It's like you never stretched before in your life. And one of the challenges I had was uh, to do a headstand. And I, I did my first headstand in in the in a yoga class. And, they, you know, they talk about you, uh, your core muscles and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, you know, eye uh, muscle control, you know, exercise, all kind of stuff. And it's just It's just different. A different type of exercise. Um, it's, it's fun, uh, and also 
for the men, yeah, they do have a lot of women that look real good. <laughs> they, they, they wear yoga clothes, as, as he says, you know, it looks like. But concentration is key. <laughs> but, but, it, but it is fun, but it is challenging to do those different poses. Uh, so uh, kudos to whoever can do that, you know. It, it's a nice thing to do. I see people doing it in city parks. I don't know if this is the, the lady or the person that does it, but there's a lot of people that do it in city parks. Hey, I've got a right quick, I've got a quick question mm-hmm. for you. This is Rachel. I never talked during the show, but I'm really talkative today. Um, did it help you at all to actually, you know, practice yoga? Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't want to mention. I mean, like I said, I'm 62 years old. Not that it's a big deal, but it it helped me as far as uh, my running is concerned because it really actually taught me how to breathe, which mm-hmm. that's something to know, but it's 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 key on how to control your breathing, and it, and it helped me run a longer distance, and I still practice that. And people talk about me today because when I run in, run in City Park, I, I put my hands together like, what they call it, the Zen or whatever? I forgot what the Zen is. Like, so. <laughs> well, whatever it is, and my friends say, yo, to see him, Mr. Miyagi or whatever, be running in City Park. <laughs> That's how I run. I keep myself, my body together, you know, close to, you know, so I can run. A much longer distance, but breathing and stuff like this, it's, it's important. I mean, to me it is. Anyway, I saw, and then I, I say I took it many years ago, at least seven years ago, but I still practice some of those uh, methods. One last question for you, brother. How did it help you incorporate or work through some other issues outside of your physicality that were happening in your life? Well, that too, because it, like I said, it helps you focus and, and be able to center yourself for as if you're going through something. You know, you can really hone in on yourself, and and as everybody knows, your mind is a a, a powerful thing. You know, it's and the king or queen, so, so you, as Jamu you says. Say, you got to be careful about what you wish for, like they say, because your mind does control how you, how you perform and what you can achieve in life. You know, so yes, it it helps you through bad times and elevate your good time. So, yes, it, it does help. Wonderful. Brother, thank you for calling, man. It means so okay. much to me, man, to have you call into the show, man. You have a wonderful time. Right. And keep practicing, man. We're going to let you know uh, how we figure, you know, some other opportunities for us to have this broga, right? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm loving that, you know. Hey, somebody reach out. Uh, C Corpro at WI Revolution, <laughs> you know, let me know how we can put this broga together. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do that, see if we can get some of the bras <laughs> so we can get some of the bros and the kappas and the sigmas and the alvas out to do broga. Don't forget about the iotas. And the iotas. My man Wesley Bias would get me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wesley, if you listen, brother, uh, forgive me. Forgive me. So we've talked about it, and, and I love this this um, smorgasbord, this bevy of information that we now have about where we can begin our practice here in New Orleans. And I would love to have this mindfulness movement for men. Let's build out a little bit for one second, and then we're going to come and, and finish the show as you talk about more about Project Peaceful Warrior. How can mindfulness heal our nation right now? You know, how, how can this practice of meditation and yoga heal? Because that's what we need right now. How can we use that those techniques to bring us together? I think that's a really good question. Um, and... Uh, I think the the main thing is, um, or one of the one of the greatest tools of meditation is connection to yourself, um, and from that place you can make positive decisions. I think a lot of the decisions that we make today are based either on fear um, or some other preconceived notion that we, you know like we're not doing enough. 
Um, it's not from a place where we're connected to ourselves and feel really strong. Um, and when we don't have that connection to ourselves, we can't connect with others. Um, you know, if you've ever heard the, the saying, like, you can't love anybody else until you love yourself. Right, you got to love yourself I think first. I think that's, that's very much um, what this practice helps to facilitate. So when you are able to acknowledge who you are, um, appreciate it, work through what you need, uh, you give others permission to do the same. Uh, and you can meet each other where you are. Right, and that creates equity. Right. You know, and, and, and that's the first part, and I think about this, and I haven't said it. The first part of this this thing that I do called What's a Revolution is the inner. Mm-hmm. You know, and how do we work through our own personal journey to revolutionize our own lives so we then can then go out and be a beacon for right. someone else to begin their revolution. Right. All right, so, John, how do we use meditation and mindfulness to heal heal a divided people? As um, as Gandhi says, change begins with you, with me. Mm-hmm. More contemplation and meditation so that I come from a place of nothing because sometimes I just wake up and I'm angry. Mm-hmm. And th- we're angry. There are a um, lot of people in our country when, angry. And when I step out, there's more... There's more... Uh, I'm already provoked and there's more places to throw my anger. Right. So... <laughs> Just to realize that you you're angry, even before you flash out the anger, and to have like discernment before you react and give some crazy responses, <laughs> such that you can't catch up with them or stop them or rewind them. So having that moment of realizing all time, most of the time. I'm a space for possibilities, but I'm also space for limitations. Right, right. And with meditation, I can choose. Like It widens that space of I'm not threatened. Right. I can have more choices. Right. It comes back to the breath. I take right. that moment. I, I separate that myself. That space in between. That space in between. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the What's Your Revolution show. This is uh, your host, Dr. Charles Corporal, here with my good friends, Jamo and Jamo. Jamo. <laughs> I just, I just want to do so much with your name, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and CLH, <laughs> CLH, Chelsea Lloyd Hilton, Hilton of Project Peaceful Warriors. The one thing as I think about this, and we're going to go, I want to know more about Project Peaceful Warriors and the African Yoga Project as well, is that how particularly black men, men of color, need to be able to incorporate this. You know, we're, we've been dealing with, you know, we've been dealing with trying times for centuries. But the internalization of the racism and discrimination and prejudice that is going on in our country and, and, and directed towards black men, mm-hmm. mindfulness is that practice that is needed daily because we're seeing the detrimental outcomes that happen when we blow up. As I've said before, black men don't get the opportunity to fail forward. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes they fail with detrimental consequences. The use of mindfulness. I got pulled over in Virginia uh, a couple weeks ago, heart racing. Right, did not have my ID. Oh, yeah, <laughs> did not <laughs> did not have my ID. Everybody knows I travel a lot. My ID was in my bag. Heart racing. Had to take a couple breaths. Uh oh. And the importance of it being Virginia is that they are they arrest people. Like if you get pulled over and you're over a certain speed limit, they will take you in. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, not having an ID made it even worse. Yeah, I I, jump in. And no, no, no. Exactly I, I thought I was going. I, I thought he was going to take me. Right. Yeah. Luckily, breath. Calm. We had a good conversation. 
He said, look, you know, look like you made an illegal U-turn. Just be careful. I told him, I said, officer, I don't have my ID. Um, it's at the house. I said, I'm going to a friend's right there. In that moment, I had to breathe because, mm -hmm. you know, because we, we know what, what these police stops may end up like. I had to breathe. But we need to be able to take those steps because we've seen consequences happen, lethal consequences happen in situations where people on either side are not taking a breath. Chelsea, let, let's move in our in our closing moments of the show. Tell the world more about Project Peaceful Warrior, you know, and what are the experiences you've been having that is really showing the impact of your work? Yeah, so um, our goal as an organization is to equip students and teachers with tools like trauma-informed yoga and mindfulness um, so that we can all grow as more impactful members of the community. Um, we work with students in small groups, and the coolest thing about that is you have the opportunity to build relationships, and I think so much of our life um, is reflected and, and built around strong relationships, not just with ourselves, but with others. Um, and the goal is to give our students um, tools to cope, tools to um, self-regulate and build self-awareness um, so that they can channel their inner resources when they need them. Um, and that's at all, you know, at all times. And then we work with teachers on how to integrate mindfulness into classrooms, uh, taking brain breaks, taking um, a time throughout the day to allow themselves and students to breathe, uh, which is so important. I think school days are now filled with, you know, one thing after the other. It's full of sitting. It's full of instruction. Um, and students aren't really given that space to just be. Right. Uh, same thing with teachers. Um, and... We teach from a trauma-informed lens um, because we know that the incidence rate of trauma in New Orleans students is much higher than the rest of the nation. Um, and we also know that because of that, our students need some extra support. Uh, so our goal is to be there to allow them to tap into their tools um, and give them guidance on, around how to access them. Exactly. One thing I was talking, so two questions I want to ask mm -hmm. you. First, we've known each other for a, a little while. I, re I remember you said... I'm going to be teaching yoga in the, in the classroom to right. kids. And my, my my first thought was like, these little boys don't want to do any yoga? How has that been? <laughs> right? That's what, and we it's, talked about that. Yeah. And and you know what? Most, some of the time it is true. It's true. Um, at first it's really challenging. They're like, no, no I'm not doing this. Um, I One of my favorite stories is I, I worked over a summer with a group of, I think it was 10 middle school boys. Um, and on the first day, they all refused to do anything, <laughs> and they're like, I, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing anything at all. And I was like, well, that's fine. We're just going to sit here then. Um, and then um, we went to get on a field. We went to go on a field trip, <laughs> and one student just like absolutely flipped out. He pitched a fit. He was like, I am not going to this studio. Uh, he called his mom, and it's like his mom was like, you don't have a choice. Get on the bus. Um, and he got there. And when we when we got there, uh, I asked if anybody wanted to lead us through something and he was the first one to raise his hand um and he was the one that really wanted to teach the class um and the coolest thing is i think regardless of if you're a male or female student um we all have insecurities about ourselves and about our bodies and you know the way things look you don't want to embarrass yourself but um once students start to get more comfortable with it they find it as a really valuable tool um i have kids come up all the time um saying, you know, they use their breathing in a certain situation, they use their stretching at home um, 
you know, I have their parents come up, their teachers come up, um, which is really, I mean, it's, it's great to hear, but I'm also just, you know, that's the whole point of the program, to, to have students accessing these tools regardless of if they're in class or not. Right. You said during the break that mm-hmm. you saw one of the kids in the grocery store yeah. and he said, oh, my God, oh, my God, Miss Elgin School, it's so good to see you. Guess what I do now? Instead of throwing <laughs> basketballs in people's faces, I just take a deep breath. Exactly. And that's that's the whole point. <laughs> like, And that's, you know, for a seven-year-old, that's the perfect thing to do. That Take a deep breath. Don't throw the basketball at somebody's face. And that is that is the greatest one, uh, probably one of the greatest examples of the impact of your work yeah. is that kids are taking a step mm-hmm. again away and saying, you know what, let me take this breath because there may be consequences. The second question I want to ask you is that you talk about trauma-informed practice. Mm-hmm. What is that? Define that for me. Yeah, so it's coming from a space or a lens where you understand that people that have experienced trauma um, also have very different needs on how they learn, um, about how they function, um, about how, you know, just a different way to interact. Um, I think there's, when we experience trauma, um, we've overwhelmed ourselves in our capacity to respond. We have had our choice, our power taken away from us, um, and teaching from a trauma-informed lens brings the power and choice back to the student. So what does that look like? So looking like, um, close your eyes if you want to. Um, Try this. Um, Do what feels good. It's the languaging around it that uh, gives the student um, the space to make the expression their own, whether that's a pose, whether that's breathing, whether that's a meditation. Um, but it allows them to regain their power. I, l- I love that. It's equitable. Yeah. It, it creates an equitable space, but it also creates an opportunity for the students to grow. It, it may be uncomfortable for them. Yeah. It, it's. I think it's super uncomfortable for anybody at first. Right. No. Uh, I, I, I love that. What's the larger landscape for you? How are you going to – how are you growing this? Yeah. It, it, it's needed. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Um, so we're growing – I mean, we've, we've grown a lot. We were with nine schools this year. We have about 13 for next year. Wonderful. Um, we are working on our trainings with schools so that more teachers have more tools. Um, and we're also training more yoga teachers to bring into schools. Um, another thing I'm super excited about is um, we're doing, like, a mentorship program with some of our high school students. Um, that are graduating or, or soon to graduate, um, we're putting them through training so that they have the tools then to take back to the community um, and teach as well. Wonderful. So it it, it has a, a wonderful opportunity to scale mm-hmm. scale impact. Yeah. Scale impact, and, and and that's what has to happen, particularly here in New Orleans, yeah. because you're bringing something new, bringing something that's not it's it's novel because it's it's new, but it's impactful. Mm-hmm. It has the ability to grow. I think about the growth of the Silverback Society, right. uh, Lloyd Dennis's work, and how he's been able to scale that, yeah. train his mentors. You're mm-hmm. doing the same thing, how, using something that children may be a little bit afraid of mm-hmm. at first, but it's going to have a great impact on them down the yeah. road, particularly if they subscribe right. to that practice. Let's talk about the teachers for one second. Sure. Because I also think about when you talk about equity, you have to think about not only the students, but parents, mm-hmm. administrators, Teachers, teachers yeah. are the greatest facilitators of development that we all have. Right. But we have so much weight that we have put on them. Mm-hmm. How do you use that, use Project Peaceful Warrior to encourage them to be mindful in their practice, not only in the classroom, yeah. but 
at school. At school, it's it's super challenging. I know as a classroom teacher um, or a former classroom teacher, everything can be super overwhelming during your day. Um, and one thing that we do as an organization is we also provide staff yoga um, outside of professional development. So it's giving teachers the time and space, and um, typically the school pays for this. Um, but it's their time, their place, where they can go experience yoga and mindfulness for themselves. And we recently did a, a pilot study um, with the Tulane School of Public Health and Social Innovation, and we found that teachers that attended staff yoga were three times as likely to integrate it into their classroom um, and felt much more comfortable with using the tools um, and how they were able to refocus their class throughout the day. Wonderful. Look, I want to thank both of you all for being on the show. Um, Damo, give me some last words, man. What would you want to say to the audience, man, about being mindful, about the practice of mindfulness? I'd like to talk to the man that uh, would take on yoga. City Park, every Tuesday at 6, there's a yoga class with Christine. It's by donation. Show up. If you if you have concerns, just take a mat. She gives mats for free. You take a mat, sit in a corner, do what you can, ask. Right. You can go online, just Google stu yoga studios next to me. Most of the yoga studios have something like 30 days, $30 for yoga every wow. day. right. And you can start somewhere. There you go. And on the seventh ward, we have Church of Yoga. And I've been seeing 62-year-olds who are now my friends. That, uh, you they build a community. Try out on, on the yoga poses. Right. So step Step into it. Check in. Check in. I got you. We appreciate all the knowledge that you've dropped today on our show. We're going to give the last comment to my producer today since she's been so handy with <laughs> us today. Rachel, you want to give a shout out? Go ahead. I was going to wait until you talked about what we're going to be talking about next week. I'm, I'm going to finish. But since you want to have the last yes, word. Yes, I do. Exactly. Because <laughs> you are the oldest of us all. Um, I just wanted to, um, this is more so for listeners to know that the New Orleans Association of Black Journalists um, invites you to join us for the panel discussion, Perception versus Reality, Black Men in the Media. It will, in fact, be moderated by Dr. Charles Corbrew, our host today. Um, and it's going to be a live taping that we're going to air in July. Uh, but the panel discussion will address our complex relationship with media, both as conduits of the images portrayed by black men and the players in the spaces that can at times be both challenging and lonely. And it will be presented in conjunction with Growing Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise, which is an event sponsored by 100 black men of Metro New Orleans. The panel is the local activation of the National Association of Black Journalists Black Male Media Project, an initiative to combat the blotter, to mugshot images of black male faces, and to create a fresh and real view of black men in America. To register, go to inspireblackmenola.eventbrite.com. The event will be held on Saturday, June 10th from 1030 to 1130 at Alice M. Hart Charter School on the West Bank. <laughs>